A lifetime of hard work, children laughing in the kitchen, family photos on a restaurant wall, a legacy that lives on. It all comes from the power of a conversation, like the one Tommy Hall had with First Horizon Bank about taking over his father's Charleston-based restaurant business. Now the table is set for a whole new generation. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Tommy. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. This is the Punt and Pass Podcast. Touchdown! 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 Georgia! Now, here are your host, two-time All-American punter, Drew Butler. Drew Butler, leader in the country in punts 49-plus. See if he booms this one. He does. Wow! And Rose Bowl, Sugar Bowl, and SEC championship winning quarterback, Jake Fromm. Clean quicker to get the night started. Downfield looking for With the latest from around the SEC and the world of college football, it's the Punt and Pass Podcast. Dogs are winners. A national championship for a new generation of Bulldogs. Victory is mine. Yeah, surprisingly, I've been lame. Welcome in to the Punt and Pass podcast. I'm your host, Drew Butler. Join alongside my co-host, Jake From Be sure to follow us on social media, at Punt and Pass on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Drew Butler. He's at From Jake, puntandpass.com, the number one destination for all things college football. Week five of the college football season is on deck. I think the slate is actually pretty good. The Deep South's oldest rivalry. We got a top 25 matchup in the SEC as well. Notre Dame is heading to Duke, which has proven to be a tough place to play. See Clemson in week one. And of course, the Colorado Buffaloes hosting Caleb Williams and the USC Trojans. We'll touch on all that. We got a bunch to discuss. We'll go three and out, talk about the top news and storylines across the great game of college football as well. But first things first, as always, Jake Fromm. What's up, brother? Man, what's going on? Glad to be here with you tonight. Another mm-hmm. week mm-hmm. in the NFL. I got another great slate of college football games coming on this weekend. Can yeah, man. Up? There's no doubt about it. It's it's the best, and there's always so much to discuss. And with a big game, uh, a game that means a lot to so many people, Georgia-Auburn coming up. Obviously, you're very familiar with Auburn having been a player. Your brother is currently on Auburn as well. We're going to dive into that. I, I have to mention the Taylor Swift thing. It's completely taken over sports media, whether you like it or not. I've got some statistics that will blow your mind here in just a second. But first things first or I guess second thing second after I said, what's up, Jake Fromm? I got to tell you, this episode of Punt and Pass is presented to you by our awesome partners over at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the number one daily fantasy game on the market. And if you use the promo code PUNT when you download the app or sign up on prizepicks.com, again, that promo code is PUNT, you get a 100% deposit match up to $100. How does Prize Picks work? You already know it by now, but if one of your friends don't, or if one of your family members don't, tell them. You pick two to six players, and you guess if they will go more or less than their prize picks projection. And you can win up to 25x your money on any entry. NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, NHL, PGA Golf. The Ryder Cup is coming up this weekend, folks. It's an unbelievable sports weekend. College football, 
the DB3 pieces on deck here in just a little bit. And if you download the app, always check in. They have so many promotions that continue to go on. I always retweet those, so check them out at Prize Picks on Twitter and Instagram. It's a skill-based fantasy game. It's the best on the market. Daily fantasy, prize picks, 25 extra money. Use the promo code PUNT and get a 100% deposit match up to $100. DB3 piece coming up in just a little bit. All right. Got to give prize picks one more shout out. Let's start with the Taylor Swift thing. We'll touch on it briefly. I asked you in the pre-show, have you seen some of these statistics? You said, I heard his jersey sales popped. Yes, of course they did. We're talking about Travis Kelsey. The team at Prize Picks. this is how brilliant these people are. Yes, of course, they have been longtime sponsors of the number one college football podcast in the world, Punt and Pass. We love them. Uh, they're a Georgia-founded, Georgia-owned company, Adam Wexler, Big Daddy Wex. He's the man. Prize Picks saw the Swift Nation, the Swifties, heading towards the Kelsey family. And what do you think they did? They sponsored the Kelsey Brothers podcast, New Heights. So while the podcast has seen extreme listenership, you got Jason Kelsey on there telling all the Swifties about prize picks. Now, is that brilliant or is that brilliant, Jake? Matt, that is just perfect. Perfect timing, perfect storm. They hit the nail on the head and they got they're, it right. They're Good so far ahead guys. of the game. That's why they've been with us for so long. Uh, another source also told me that Taylor Swift is a huge punt and pass fan. That's how she gets her college football knowledge. Look, her and I are the same age. Um, it's confirmed through multiple friend trails, six degrees of separation, that she loves the dogs, um, and she listens to Punt and Pass. So, Taylor, if you're listening, we appreciate you. No wonder you wanted to show up to the Chiefs game. I have these statistics right here that I'm about to read, okay, Jake? Front office sports. Since Taylor Swift showed up at Sunday's Chiefs-Bears game, of which was a blowout. The Chiefs were up 34 to nothing at half. They were up 41 to nothing for a long time throughout the second half. That does not happen in NFL football often. The Bears are awful. It was almost an unwatchable game. Since she showed up at that game, you ready? There's been a 400% spike in Travis Kelsey jersey sales. The Kelsey Brothers podcast now ranks number one overall on Apple, on the entire wow. podcast network. Travis Kelsey adds... 383,000 Instagram followers. 24.3 million viewers watched the Chiefs-Bears game, which was objectively awful. It was the number one game of the week. There was a 63% jump in female viewers aged 18 to 49. There was a 3x increase in Chiefs searches on the web. There was a 3x increase in Chiefs ticket sales on StubHub. And the Kansas City Chiefs sold more tickets in a single day since the start of the season. That's oh, the swift effect. Wow. And wow. Um, think about that. I mean, where 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 do you start? I mean, just I, I think you have to have a whole new appreciation for us as sports guys in football specifically, that there's just a whole another market out there that is just gigantic rabid and she's one of the most popular people in the world i mean that's yeah. proven by now i mean i was reading those statistics uh, on the couch last night jackie and i were watching tv and i literally looked at my wife and i said do i have your permission to date taylor swift for the sake of the podcast and she was like yeah go right yes. ahead if you can if you can get her down uh, go right ahead for the sake of the podcast 
that makes sense. It's truly unbelievable. I saw another thing. There was a picture of her in the box, and she was wearing like New Balance sneakers, like these red and white New Balance sneakers. What do you think happened to those sneakers? Sold out online overnight. It's crazy, dude. Good for her. Good for Travis Kelsey. Now, is the relationship for real? Is it a publicity stunt? I would probably lean towards publicity stunt, but why wouldn't you do it? I mean, it's a win on both sides. I saw also, I don't know who the Chiefs play this weekend, if they are playing the Jets, but the Jets sold the most tickets they have in a day from Swifties just hoping she shows up to the game. Dude, it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. That is a tangent right there. I just can't believe that there's just that diehard of a fan base group just to buy random tickets to a game you care nothing about, just hoping your favorite person in the world shows up. Not not that you even know you'll be able to see her, you know, communicate, converse with this person at all. You have no idea. No, so, you're not going to well, converse with her. Absolutely uh, not. I mean, there's just – It's just so bizarre to me. Yeah, they play the Jets on Sunday night football. The Chiefs at the Jets. So the Jets have sold the most tickets they have since the start of the season. Of course, it's the Taylor Swift effect. Sorry, people. I hope you didn't turn the podcast off. I found those statistics, those statistics <laughs> amazing. They're amazing. That's crazy Dude, town. The, the NFL is going to try to find a way to to get that group, that that market group of uh, females, 18 to 49, whatever that range was. They're going to try to find a way to to hammer that market group. So watch out. I don't know. There could be more pop stars showing up to football games. No. Just to get some viewership, get some crazy sales. About watch it. out. It's crazy. It's crazy. All right. Let's go to three now. We'll talk some real college football now. I got to give props to my man Seth Emerson over at The Athletic. I think Seth is one of the best beat writers in all of college football. We're lucky enough that he covers the Georgia Bulldogs. If you're not an Athletic subscriber – I would honestly say you should subscribe to The Athletic because Seth puts out some awesome stuff, and he published an article on Wednesday of this week diving into some statistics. That's the key word of this podcast after giving you all those T-Swift statistics. And the title of the article, Jake, this is first down and three and out, is Georgia football's championship run and the little-known stat that may have been key. And the first line of the article is a quote from offensive coordinator at the time, Todd Munkin, saying, quote, being explosive and not turning the ball over, it's a pretty simple game. Now, what he's referring to is obviously getting chunk plays on offense, putting points on the board, and not giving the ball to the other team. You're going to have a pretty good chance to win a football game. Now, would you agree with that sentiment, Jake, before I dive into some of these stats? Dude, I agree 100%, man. Uh, the turnover battle, we've talked about it a ton on this podcast. But on the flip side, being explosive, man, that is huge. You take – plays that the play caller doesn't have to call and you just you just get in the end zone and and just letting your guys make plays in space it's simple enough give them the ball let them go make plays but uh comes down to finishing comes down to execution uh and it also comes down to just dialing that thing up by the coordinator and drawing it up as well so big things for the offense and if you can do those two things man you got a great shot to win a national championship no question now for context seth says For this story, we'll go with true media, which defines explosive plays as completions of 16-plus yards and rushes of 12-plus yards. Now, taking those parameters, Jake, 16-yard-plus passing plays, 12-yard-plus running plays, what does that do for an offensive coordinator as far as opening up the playbook? Now you have so many ways to go about, puts the defense on their heels, and they don't really know which way you're going, I would assume. 
Yeah, I, I would start with the defense. It puts them on their heels. They're scrambling, uh, miscommunication. Uh, now they just have to figure out, man, what, what's working, makes them a little bit more vanilla, or on the flip side, has to make them more aggressive. And when they b- become more aggressive, then they have the opportunity to really get hit with another one and yes. then another one and then another one. So you have that on the flip side too. And on the offense, man, it gets the offense styled in rhythm, gets everybody feeling good. Whether or not somebody missed a block on the other side, doesn't really matter. It kind of gets overlooked because you're able to, to feel good about what you're doing. Um, as much as people kind of don't give it credit for it's offensive football can kind of be a lot like basketball. And when you find that rhythm and you get into it, man, it's, it's, it's tough to really slow a good offense down. No question about it. So using those parameters, 16 plus yard passing plays, 12 plus yard running plays, the number one team in the nation last year in explosive play margin was the national champion, Georgia Bulldogs with a plus 5.6 margin. And the year before that, the Bulldogs weren't first in that category, but they were second at a plus 4.3 margin. So Todd Munkin, bravo. You had tons of talent. Stetson caught his groove. Georgia won back-to-back national champions. However, this year through a four-game set, what are you hearing from the majority of the fan base? The offense is different. It's too vanilla. We're not explosive. Check down Charlie. Can't get the ball running. But Seth dives into the statistics. Okay? Where's it at? I got it. So what about this year? Seth says. It's early, but Georgia, again, is doing well, averaging 6.3 more explosive plays per games than its opponents. That's tied for the best in the SEC with Kentucky and tied for fourth in the FBS. So you have to kind of get away from the TV screen, get away from yelling at Georgia, not putting tons of points on the board against lesser opponents in the first half. And look at the big picture, Jake. Georgia is having a relatively explosive offense for all of the complaining that I continue to hear, statistics don't lie, Jay. Dude, proofs in the pudding. It just really becomes more of an optics thing about what we think we're seeing. Uh, but at the end of the day, they're scoring a lot of points. They're explosive on offense. Um, and if you take care of the ball, it really becomes a deadly combination. And you're going to end up having a lot of success as an offensive unit. The Bulldogs have 46 explosive plays this season. Coach Bobo told the SEC Network before last week's game against UAB that his aim was for an explosive play, one out of eight plays, that's 12.5%. The Bulldogs are exceeding that clip at 16%, which ranks 20th nationally. Things are okay. Now, can they convert that against better opponents? Auburn's defense is fast. They're physical. It's going to be in a hostile environment. Um, And you have to give credit to the playmakers as well, because we all know Carson has not been throwing the ball a lot down the field. Now he did in the second half against South Carolina. He did opening up in the game against UAB. So it seems like he's getting more comfortable. Coach Bobo is giving him those shots, but things are about to change as you get into the meat of the SEC schedule, as you hit the road. And look, if you're handing the ball off and those guys are taking it and the offensive line is blocking and you're getting 12, 15, 20 yard run plays, like you said, for the offense, that fires everybody up. Yeah, you know, and and just because it's a pass of 16 or more yards doesn't mean the ball has to have traveled. Traveled, exactly. I mean, honestly, on probably a quarter of these explosive passes, we're talking probably flat routes to Brock Bowers where Absolutely. he breaks three tackles and gets 16 or more yards. So that's just, I mean, honestly, just part of it, the design of the play, you're going to give your best player – uh, an opportunity in space to go do what he does best. So 
that's just how you draw it up. And maybe, you know, we're not taking huge shots of uh, 40 plus air yards uh, of a post route, but those are coming. You yep. have those opportunities. Uh, when you get into SEC, SEC play, uh, the safety is going to play a little tighter because uh, they're going to have a little bit more confidence in their guys, and you'll be able to have those one-on-one opportunities outside. Totally agree with you. So just to put it into a microcosm, and then we'll move on to second down. If you don't have explosive plays, a lot of times your offense is not going to be in a groove, and you're not going to be putting points on the board. In the first half against South Carolina, Georgia had two explosive plays, in just three points, okay? 14 to three, they're down at half. In the second half, five explosive plays in the first four drives, resulting in 21 points in a missed field goal. So that's it. It's chunk yardage. It's field position. It's getting these guys in a groove. It's making the defense guess. It's taking advantage and really kind of asserting dominance throughout the football game. I found the article to be fascinating Highly suggested read for all of you guys out there who are athletic subscribers. If you're not, I would tell you to go get it so you can read Seth's stuff. He does not discount turnovers at all. He dives into turnovers as well. He dives into defense and Georgia's defense against explosive plays. They're only allowing like 8% of explosive plays, which is right in line for the past two seasons. So great article and just something for you to watch. 16 plus yard passing plays, 12 plus yard run plays. It equates to instant success for the Georgia Bulldogs, and we'll see if they can keep up that pace this year. Great article, Seth. Yeah, that's good stuff, man. Stat day. Um, gosh, oh yeah. Well, see, mathematically, right? If uh, if you're getting those explosive plays, you have to you get the opportunity to do less on offense. You you have to be right less of the time if you are getting those bigger chunk plays. So you're just getting a bigger bang for your buck. No question about it all right uh moving to second down let's go with some emo- let's get away from the statistics and let's move to emotion okay um mm. i, I want to get into your thoughts and your feelings we'll get deep here this is just something that's really hung up on me for the past couple of years since they've moved the date of the georgia auburn game deep south oldest rivalry growing up i mean that game used to have so much riding on it you knew thanksgiving was right around the corner you knew there were sec championship game implications sometimes auburn would be in the lead in the west georgia would be in the lead in the east and if you dropped that game you wouldn't get to go to atlanta It just upsets me. I feel like it's lost a little bit of its luster, Jake. Not to take anything away from the rivalry, but with that true fall crisp in the air and the holidays and postseason football right around the corner, this game just meant more to me. Do you get that same feeling at all, or to you is it just let's go play Auburn, let's go whoop up on them? I need your honest reaction. Yeah, I need you to open up. I wasn't ready to open up emotionally until we got on this topic. And I would have to agree with you just about as close to hundred percent as it gets, because I really enjoyed playing Auburn late in the year because they were a good football team. We were a good football team. It meant a lot. I really enjoyed it. Just in your head going into the season, you just knew that game was going to be a little bit cooler. Not that we ever get super cold weather, you know, down in Athens, but you just knew it was going to be a little bit colder um, and he just knew it was going to be a tougher, grittier game because where it was at in the season, everybody's banged up late in the year. They had a great defensive front. They played with a lot of physicality. Um, yeah, I mean, that's just just some of the things that just get brought back to me when I when I think about the Deep South's old, oldest rivalry. So 
I hate it. I, it now it's just, uh, hey, who comes out the hottest? It's hot outside. You get out to a big lead and you just cruise in the next week. Yeah, and it really has not been troublesome for Georgia of late. Now, things will be different this year. Hugh Freeze is now the head coach at Auburn. Uh, I think most dog fans would remember the last time Hugh Freeze had an opportunity to go against Kirby Smart. He hung it on him. I think it was 45-17, to 17, Jake. Um, that that wound might still be open for you. Were you on that team or no? No, that was yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait a minute. Don't don't don't. No, that's two thousand sixteen. Sorry, I, I, I that, no, you I were a senior in high school. <laughs> you were still on Netflix shows or whatever the hell you were doing. That's it. That's um, it. You were not on that. Hand up. I got that one wrong. Okay, I was off to a hot start. That's one strike for me. But Hugh hung it up on Kirby. That was Kirby's first year, of course. Everybody remembers that. I found it interesting too. Hugh Freeze's comments this week talking about love instead of hate and. You know, our passion is rooted in love. I was like, dude, what are you talking about? This is football we're playing. Uh, and then even Kirby came out. I was like, I tend to agree with Hugh. We don't teach our kids hatred. I felt like I was in Sunday school for a little bit. I was like, what am I reading? The fans do feel different. I can certainly agree with that. Did you see Hugh get asked about early success at a school? Yeah. Yeah. When he was like, what did Kirby? It he took got, Kirby three, yeah. four years. And the guy was like, um, no. no, he got to the national championship in his second year. And he was like, oh, okay. Well then really good for him. I thought that was just really funny. <laughs> yeah. I, I thought that was too. I guess when he uh, whipped up on him uh, that first year, I, I guess that's just all he remembered. And then, and then went on. So I don't know, but uh, we'll, uh, we'll see how it goes down uh, coming this Saturday. Yeah, yeah, a lot of questions around Auburn's offense, specifically at the quarterback position. We'll get into that when we go inside the five and break down the five biggest games of the week. But let us know how you feel about this rivalry because there's just something missing. There's something missing. The Ryder Cup's going to be on this weekend. You know I'm a huge golf guy. You got two dogs uh, in the field as well. Steph Straka on the European side, champion golfer of the year, Brian Harmon for the USA. So there's just a lot going on. And this game is supposed to mean a little bit more. Not that it doesn't mean a lot. It's just supposed to mean a little bit more. So Jake and I are on the same side. Let us know what you think. Hit us up on social media at Punt and Pass. All right, last, third down, a couple quick hits. Uh, AM's quarterback, Connor Wigman, out for the season. So Max Johnson, Coach Rick's nephew, taking over the helm. Some were calling him the best backup quarterback in the country, and he kind of proved it last week against Auburn. Yep. He stepped in, and that offense elevated itself AM got a big win. And who was I talking to the other day? It said AM's going to go to the SEC championship game. I was like, whoa, dude, that's a bold take, but they certainly could be there. Yeah, that is a bold stance to take. Um, but I was, I, I hate it for Connor. I was actually watching the game live because AM was playing Auburn. My brother plays for Auburn. Um, and so just really trying to catch up on, on that game, watch brother play a little bit. Um, Connor goes down and, uh, man, Max comes in well-prepared, um, does, does very well, like a driver two later, throws a post for a touchdown. So, um, I, I think A&M is going to be fine, uh, with in like under Mac or Max, excuse me. I think Max is going to do great this season. And, um, but SEC championship, it's a bold stance to take. They got a, uh, a tough, a tough run in the West. So we'll see how it goes, but that's, yeah, a, that's a little bold stance to take. That'll be an interesting one for sure. Uh, it's official. Mel Tucker fired at Michigan State. I saw a great tweet that said, how many times can Michigan State fire Mel Tucker? Because it seems like for the last three weeks, he's gotten fired every single week. Yeah. But today, it's official uh, for cause. That thing's going to play out. We've talked about it 
enough at the moment. And then some injury news. Looks like Lab McConkie might be back for Georgia. That could be a big pickup for Carson Beck and the Dogs on the offensive side of the ball. So heading in to week five, getting you ready to go inside the five, break it down the five biggest games of the week. But before we do that, let's get a little DB3 piece going. What do you think, dude? I thought last week we were going to hit it. Uh, we ran into a little bit of a snafu. through the Oregon defense completely shut down Colorado's offense. I did not expect that to happen, but the DB three piece is where I send you to prize picks. You put in my plays and you win money. It's as simple as that. All you have to do is download the prize picks app, use the promo code punt. You get a 100% deposit match up to $100. It's daily fantasy. It's the best in the market. They sponsor the Kelsey podcast. The Swifties are on prize picks now. The Swifties need to use the promo code PUNT. They get a free $100. I mean, that's brilliant, obviously. Okay, let's dive right in to the board, Jake. We need to focus on, I believe, passing touchdowns, okay? Mm, I like it. Caleb Williams is playing Colorado. Mm. It's the national spotlight, okay? Caleb Williams, three and a half passing touchdowns. Ooh. I'm going to go less than, okay? Mm. I'm going to go less than three and a half passing touchdowns. I think Caleb Williams will run for one. You know, he can scramble a little bit. Yeah. Last week against Arizona State, the defensive USC struggled. The offense had to continue putting points on the board, but four passing touchdowns. I don't care who you are. That is a oh. lot of airing. It out. So I'm going to go Caleb Williams less than three and a half passing touchdowns. That's a hold your breath way to start the DB three piece, but I think it's kind of sharp. So that's where we're going to start less than three and a half passing touchdowns for Caleb Williams against Colorado this weekend. Again, that game's in Boulder. It's at 10 a.m. local time Hmm. elevation. The ball flies different. I just think they might get up to a lead, run the ball, get out of there with a victory. I'll be really interested to see how Lincoln Riley treats Coach Prime after Dan Landing just laid it on him last weekend. And Colorado's defense has to respond. They have to, to, right? Has to respond. I'm going to the SEC next. A great top 25 game that we're going to discuss here in just a little bit. LSU is taking on Ole Miss at home. It's a night game. In Oxford at the Grove, Quinn Sean Judkins. He's getting in the end zone. Okay. Ole Miss is going to run the ball. LSU almost lost to Arkansas last week. The Fighting Pittmans, your favorite team other than Georgia, Jake. They showed some serious heart. Uh, lost 34 to 31, I believe, was the final score. Quinn Sean Judkins getting in the end zone. If Ole Miss has any hope of winning this football game, more than one, more than a half a rushing touchdown. For Quinn Sean Judkins. And last but not least, we're going to go with receiving yards. I'm trying to find my guy here, but I'm sticking with if he if he's up on the board yet. Where'd he go? All right, we'll edit this out. Definitely. <laughs> we're gonna edit this out. Uh, but we're gonna edit this back in. What about Jaden Daniels rushing touchdown? Okay. Jaden Daniels can scoot around a bit. He's also getting in the end zone in that Ole Miss LSU game. So I'm eyeing the Ole Miss LSU game on the ground. Jaden Daniels, LSU quarterback. 
He can scatter around. I think for sure he will be rushing for a touchdown in the end zone. So I'm going to go more than a half a rushing touchdown for Jaden Daniels as well. So that's it, folks. It's the DB3 piece. Caleb Williams, USC quarterback, less than three and a half passing touchdowns. Quinshawn Judkins, Ole Miss running back, more than a half a rushing touchdown. And Jaden Daniels, LSU quarterback, more than a half a rushing touchdown. I like a lot of points in that LSU Ole Miss game. That will be one that you definitely want to keep your eyes on Saturday night. It's the Prize Picks DB3 piece. Download the Prize Picks app. Use the promo code PUNT. You get a 100% deposit match up to your first. Sorry for the confusion there, folks. We are good to go now. All right, let's go inside the five. We'll start at noon on Fox, number eight USC at Colorado. USC is a huge 21.5 point favorite. The total is gigantic, 73.5 points, Jake. Colorado's defense has to show up, right? They have to show up. I think Colorado's defense has to respond. I think even more importantly, I think Colorado's offense has to respond. Big time. I think they're still without their best player, Travis Hunter. Um, and he's on both sides of the ball. I think the only player in the country who plays at that level, uh, both sides of the ball for that many snaps and at that high of a level. Um, but, man, their offense is going to have to figure it out. They're going to have to figure out how to protect Shador, and they're going to have to figure out how to get the ball out quickly, um, find some key matchups, and exploit the defense. So, I think USC is going to play like a, a softer zone of your defense. Uh, maybe Shador can kind of pick apart them a little bit and uh, gets, find a way to get some points on the board. I totally agree. I think there's a huge home field advantage here. Um, big noon kickoff is in Boulder again, which is just unbelievable. There'll be tons of eyeballs on this game. It's really the premier game at noon on Saturday. And USC's defense, extremely suspect as always. Arizona State heading into that game last weekend, Jake, was averaging 13 points a game. They got shut out the week before, and they put up 28 on USC. Kept that game interesting throughout the second half, forced Caleb Williams to stay in that game and make plays. I think Colorado should definitely be able to put some points on the board, and I think USC in this spot could have the tendency to start slow. Again, elevation, early start loud crowd it's just not conducive to a ripping offensive performance i think usc wins i think colorado covers 21 and a half i think shador kind of gets it back on track i'll be extremely interested to see how colorado's defense looks because look they're going up against a huge test in usc so no surprise there usc to win colorado Give me the 21 and a half, full disclosure. I'm 0-4 picking Colorado games this year. Can't get it right. I'm like a glutton for punishment. I said that last week, but it's just a fact, Jack. All right. Chronologically speaking, the 330 game on CBS is, of course, the Deep South's oldest rivalry. Number one, Georgia at Auburn. Georgia's a 14 and a half point favorite that has not moved all week. The total was 45 and a half points. And Jake, the biggest talking point, we discussed it on Monday is this is Carson Beck's first true road test. And I think Auburn fans see blood in the water as an opportunity to really be a factor in this football game. Did you say they were only a 14? 14 and a half, yep. Yeah, that's interesting. I, to me, I think it's a little bit tighter than I was expecting, to be yeah. quite honest with you. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, I'm excited to see Georgia's first real test. Um, they're on the road. Um, playing against a very capable opponent. Um, so I'm excited to see this and uh, see how it goes. I think 14 points is honestly a little tight. I think it could end up being more than that. 
um, just because I don't think Auburn's going to score a whole lot of points. Yeah, uh, that's, that's... I, I just say I think you're going to have a rough day on offense, um, just trying to figure everything out, uh, figure out who the guy is, um, and we'll just kind of have to see. But I, I think it, it could end up being a quarterback by committee on the Auburn side, and that's that's never generally a great sign uh, as an offensive unit when you have multiple guys rotating in. No, and they were grasping at straws last weekend against Texas A&M. Peyton Thorne yeah. really couldn't get the pass game going, so they put Robbie Ashford in to kind of be explosive, dynamic, uh, running around. He got shut down. Then they put Peyton Thorne back in, and it's like, what yeah. are we doing? No cohesion on the offensive side of the ball. I've got some great Phil Steele statistics here for you as well. I was in Athens last weekend, and I heard that the Georgia agronomists, the guys who work on the field, to set the game up, have been listening to punt and pass, and they love our stats. So here you nice. go, guys. Auburn is just on. Auburn is on just a three and fifteen straight up run against Georgia in the last eighteen matchups, and they're only wow. one and nine against the spread in their last ten games against Georgia. The under in this game is twelve and four in the last sixteen matchups. Pretty unbelievable. I mean, extreme dominance dating back to the Coach Rick days. But three and fifteen straight up—that is a uh, tough sledding for Auburn. You know that they would love to knock off a number one ranked Georgia team at home. I can't remember the last time that happened. Jay. Oh man! Come Look, on, you got to do that to me. We were having a great day. We were having a great day, but I have oh. to make myself feel better because I was on a team that went six and seven. So you at least it, reached. Yeah, at least you got there. It, it it's stat day and sometimes facts don't care about your feelings. Yes. So yes, that's yes. where we're at right now. Sorry. I love you. I love you. It's like, fr- it's like we're Swifties. I like send you a friendship bracelet or something. <laughs> Georgia's won eight straight sec road openers. And the last six wins have come by 36.5 points per game. I don't think that's going to happen this weekend. I don't think Georgia is going to blow Auburn out by 40 plus. Now, if Kirby has the opportunity to, um, he very well may take advantage of that. If Bobo has the opportunity to having been the offensive coordinator at Auburn, not a long time ago, he may take the opportunity to do that, but I don't know. I mean, Auburn's defense is capable, right. To keep this game close. Auburn's crowd is capable to make Georgia start slow. I think Georgia goes out. I think they try to establish the run game, try to lower the crowd noise, get the play action going, and then take those strategic shots down the field to create those explosive plays, Jake. Score first, whatever it is, a field goal, a touchdown. You got to score first in this game because if Auburn punches first and that crowd gets even livelier, um, I'll be interested to see how Carson reacts. Yeah, I I would too. But for some reason, I just I just feel complete confidence in this one. And okay. I mean, like, I like dominating. That. I feel wow. dominating confidence in this one. So I think uh, I think they take the crowd out of it early. I think okay. they finally jump out uh, on offense to an early lead, and it's just going to be a long night. Uh, do you I think in Jordan here? Do you think first play is a shot, or do you think they're going to run the ball? What would you want to do if you're the quarterback in that situation? I think on par with what they've kind of been doing, it's been, hey, let's get some some easy completions for Carson to get going and to yeah. get some confidence. So I think it'll be along those lines. But I just – I also feel like they would probably take a shot early uh, if they got it because I, I think they want to take the crowd out of it early. 
Yeah, yeah. It's going to be a great game. 3.30 SEC on CBS. And right after the game, the SEC wrap-up show, keep your TVs locked on to your CBS local provider in the Atlanta area because I'll be on your TV right after the game, breaking it all down. I like Georgia. I'll lay the points. 14 and a half. They're going to win by more than two touchdowns. Georgia is 0-3-1 against the spread this season. Guys, what is going on? 4-0 straight up, 0-3-1 against the spread. No team is that bad against the spread the entire season. All right, so Georgia's going to write that wrong. Jake's feeling dominating confidence. You talked me into it, Jake. I'm on the same side as you. Dogs, lay the 14 and a half. They're going to win big at Jordan-Hare. That'll be a great game. I'm fired up. All right, let's keep it in the SEC. 6 p.m. ESPN, number 13 LSU at number 20 Ole Miss. LSU, a road favorite here, laying two and a half. The total 67 and a half. You know I love a primetime home dog, Lane Kiffin. This is a big spot for Lane Kiffin after falling flat on his face against Nick Saban. Once again, he needs a top 15 win against an opponent, especially at home, Jake. He just, he needs it, right? And then they, I I remember this being a big talked about matchup last year. Yes. And then LSU and Jaden Daniels just ran all over them. They didn't have any answer. Nobody 45 to 20. Yep. Yeah. 45 to 20. Um, and it just felt it was just felt worse than even 45 to 20. Like just watching it, you just thought it was a complete law, which I mean that still is a blowout. Um, I just I think they have to respond. I don't know why I have trust and faith in Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin, but I do. I feel like they have to. I feel like his back's against the wall a little bit. He just lost his best opportunity to get Bama, and I think he needs this win. They're at home, and I don't think LSU's a a great, great football team. I think they're a good and capable football team, but yeah, I, I think Ole Miss is kind of right there as well, and I, I think they need this win bad. Five of the last six meetings in this game have gone over the total. The total here is 67.5. That's something to watch. Look, Jackson Dart, a really good quarterback. Quinshawn Judkins, a really good running back. Can Ole Miss's defense stymie the LSU offense? Jaden Daniels seems to elevate his play against better opponents. I mean, I know Florida State shut them down in the second half of that season opener, but I like a lot of points here. I think Ole Miss squeezes it out too. Give me the two and a half points. I mean, yeah, I think this game comes down to the wire. I think there's a lot of points on the board. So I like Ole Miss to win. Kiffin needs it. He needs it very bad. I agree. He just needs it. I mean, that's that's kind of all I got on it. I just I think he needs it. I think he's got to have it. Yeah, and I hope the players understand that too. And look, Vaught Hemingway Stadium, albeit a little bit larger than a high school stadium, uh, at night it can get a little bit rowdy. So that'll be a good game so to keep good. tabs on as well. All right, let's go outside the SEC for one game. This is where game day is this week. Number eleven Notre Dame at number seventeen Duke seven thirty p.m. Notre Dame's a six point road favorite. The total here is fifty two. Great quarterback matchup here, Riley Leonard against Sam Hartman. Are you a little worried that Notre Dame can let that huge letdown against Ohio State beat them again this week at Duke? Yeah, watch out! Don't let one turn into two. I, yep. I think Duke's a, a good, tough football team. Uh, I think they play hard. Um, and then you're on the road, 7.30 at night. There's a lot at this game. Uh, just, you know, hopefully Notre Dame's just not exhausted just from the week, from last week, from the letdown. Uh, so they better have their minds right going into it. Otherwise, it's going to be another long night and another disappointing ride home. 
Yeah, I, I Notre Dame wins this game, but Duke yeah, they, keeps yeah, it close. Yeah, Duke yeah. keeps this game close. Duke's defense is good. Uh, I mean, look what they did to Clemson's offense in week one. I know that was new yeah. quarterback, new coordinator type situation, but Riley Leonard is a very, very capable quarterback. And I think, you know, speak about playing in the, in the lesser than stadiums. I mean, Wallace Wade Stadium has to be less than 50,000 seats in there a night game at duke it's just a different vibe like how do you combat that type of atmosphere when you're heading into those types of games yeah i vanderbilt comes out uh, yeah. at the top at the top of mind uh but you just knew that our fans were going to travel well there so you knew it was going to be like a high school home game almost yeah. um but you just you kind of have to get out of that headspace man we we get kind of spoiled at the university at the university of georgia playing in front of a great crowd and a great stadium and a great venue so notre dame they're in that same position um so you just kind of man when you get on the field just you block every everything out anyway man go go play ball and, and play for the guys to the left and right of you um uh, plain and simple uh you just gotta be the best there is <laughs> oh, i got a great <laughs> question i got a great question for on, you on a ricky bobby quote. go ahead <laughs> I'm going to put you up against it. Who do you think has the bigger stadium, Vanderbilt or Duke? Vanderbilt Stadium was built in 1922. Duke Stadium was built in 1929. Who has the bigger stadium? Duke has the bigger stadium. Vanderbilt's capacity is 39,790. Duke's capacity, 40,000. And four seats. So you win by a couple hundred. So 40,000 capacity at Duke. I think it's a close game. I think Notre Dame wins. I think Duke keeps it close. Give me the home dog. Give me the primetime home dog with Duke. That'll be a really good game. I'm, I'm telling you right now, so, Mike, Mike Elko is a good coach at Duke. Yeah. His name is already being floated out there for the pot for the possibility of going to Michigan state. Oh, wow. With Tuck now being out. All right, let's finish this up. Going back to the SEC, South Carolina at number 21, Tennessee. This game's at 7.30 p.m. Tennessee's a 12-point favorite. This line has not moved, and a lot of people think this line stinks. A lot of people are looking at Tennessee going, they're not that good. South Carolina's flashed a little bit. Spencer Rattler's a really good quarterback. You should definitely take South Carolina with the 12 points, right? The total here is 63. The total here is 63, and just remember what happened to Tennessee in this game, the second to last game of last year. South Carolina beat them 63 to 38, derailing their college football playoff hopes. Yeah, uh, to me, I, I think that's a no-brainer. I think you have to take South Carolina in this one. Do you? Even though, even though they're on the road, I, I just don't think Tennessee is the Tennessee of, of last year. And I think Spencer is playing some good football. I think he's actually playing quarterback instead of being a thrower. Yeah. Um, and, uh, they, they had that tough loss early They had that tough test. And I think they got to pick up and move on. Um, as long as they're healthy, I I think they'll, they'll play a really, really good football game, uh, in England stadium. What's that revenge factor like, um, Tennessee per Phil Steele gave up the most points in an sec game in school history last year when they allowed South Carolina to hang 63 on them. That is 100% a talking point in this locker room. Is the revenge factor real, Jake? That's the only thing I'm worried about. It's because you have the revenge factor and they're at home too. So things could get out of hand 
uh, quickly for South Carolina if the thing, if the ball starts rolling in the wrong direction, um, you know, with the turnovers. But I just I, I think South Carolina. I think they're a, a good team. Uh, I think Tennessee's a good team too. Don't get me wrong. But yeah, yeah. Um, sometimes you just feel like it's it's their time. I, I think it's South Carolina's time. I think they have their number. I'm going to lay the 12 with Tennessee. I just think Tennessee is going to put it together this weekend. Like this is the line to me where it's like, Hey, that's a trap. Um, They're begging you to take South Carolina. I think that points to Tennessee kind of getting things right as they really buckle down to get ready for their sec schedule as well. So maybe Joe Milton puts it together. Heupel gets a great game plan. And the way that happens is Spencer Rattler turns the ball over, which in that environment at night revenge game, I think certainly could happen. So I'll lay the 12 Tennessee. I think the balls win big. Yeah, that's your inside the five. We're breaking it down as we do every week right here on punt and pass. Good stuff, Jake. Good stuff. I'll give you an A plus today. Thought you did a great job. And I'm going to take this A plus and I'm going to make it even better because I just thought about this. A comparable game to the, and this is going to go against the point I just made. Okay. Okay. So a comparable game to the South Carolina Tennessee game was when Kentucky went to Tennessee and played Tennessee last year. And Will Levis did not have a great night that night, turned the ball over many times, loud, tough environment. So yeah, we could, we could see the same. Could, could we see the same mistakes being made or could we see a different Spencer Rattler? Yeah. Tennessee is always good for one of those games, especially night game, national television. I I totally agree with you there gonna be a great weekend uh good luck to your brother we'll be rooting for him tyler from tight end for the auburn tigers uh also a campbell trophy semifinalist i saw that as well that's a huge yeah. honor uh yeah. so congrats to tyler congrats to the from family that's the academic heisman as they call it which is one of the best awards in all of college football wrapping things up here week five punt and pass huge shout out to our presenting sponsor prize picks the number one daily fantasy game on the market. All you have to do is download the app or go to prizepicks.com. Use the promo code PUNT. You get a 100% deposit match up to $100. That's right. If you deposit $100, Prize Picks will give you $100. All you have to do is use the promo code PUNT. Pick two to six players. Guess that they'll go more or less than their Prize Picks projection. And you can win 25x your money on any entry. As a reminder, the DB3 piece. Caleb Williams, USC quarterback, less than three and a half passing touchdowns. Quinshawn Judkins, Ole Miss running back, more than a half a rushing touchdown. Jaden Daniels, LSU quarterback, more than a half a rushing touchdown. PrizePicks.com, at PrizePicks on social media. Promo code PUNT, 100% deposit match up to $100. Follow us on social media, at Punt and Pass, at Drew Butler, at From Jake, PuntandPass.com. Jake, anything on the way out, my man? Man, no, it's going to be a great week. Got to finish strong. Got to finish strong. Uh, go Commanders as well. Who do you guys play this weekend? We play the Philadelphia Eagles. Okay. Yeah. Well, you guys beat them last year at home, right? Or was that on the road? I was on the road. That was at their place. So you so guys we, are at home this weekend, right? No, we go back to their place. Back to the link. There you go. That's it. It's going to be a tough, tough place and tough environment. So better have our stuff together. There you go, little NFC East clash so go commanders all right brother well uh have a great weekend go dogs go commanders go tyler from we can do that on this show as well absolutely and all of you have an awesome weekend we will talk to you on monday see you we out
Tonight in Arkansas, there's a mother tucking in her daughter and turning off the light. A business owner is burning the midnight oil. An at-home dinner date is plating up possibility. And it's all happening under one roof. How? The power of a conversation. Like the one John from Integrity Solutions had with First Horizon Bank about his vision for a sustainable mixed-use building. Now it's not just words, it's life. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash John. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Hi, I'm Mark Beckham with Atlanta Ramjack. We specialize in only foundation repair. What is foundation repair? Foundations sink or settle. These issues need to be addressed. It only becomes more costly the longer you put it off. What is the biggest cause of foundation problem? Either poor construction, inferior site preparation, or weather. Drought causes cracks in your foundations. If you see any signs of foundation issues, please contact us at atlantaramjack.com. 